0: Ask Your Bishop, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints with a biblical perspective for the love of the Mormon people. Hey, welcome back. I'm Lance Earl. And today we are going to talk about a strange thing that we see among the Mormon people, or that I see among the Mormon people all the time. It's something that troubles me so deeply that breaks my heart, makes me cry out as Paul did in, in Romans. He said, my heart's desire is that my people Israel would be saved. He talks about them having a zeal for God, but not unto righteousness. He talks about them leaning on their own righteousness and rejecting the righteousness of God. And so instead of me quoting Paul's words exactly, my heart is, my heart is that my people, the Mormons, would be saved. Grit and Grace is our story. It is the story of rescue from Mormon chains and redemption in Christ Jesus. Check the link in the show notes below. Part of our rural lifestyle, our rural experience out here in southeastern Idaho is that we don't have curbside pickup. The trash man does not come. And I don't know, maybe that's because we don't have curbs. I I don't know, perhaps. Anyway, this means that every few weeks I have to load my stinky overfilled garbage cans in the back of my pickup truck and head for the dump. Now, this is not my favorite thing to do, but even in this stinky business, we have opportunities to meet people and share the gospel. And such it was just a few weeks ago. I was driving home from the dump when I passed the house of a man who had been a close friend when we were Mormons. We were a little bit, uh, well, we're still friends, but we don't speak much anymore. And he was in the yard, he waved, and so I thought, well... This is a good time to stop. I, I stopped, I turned around, and we began to visit. We caught up on each other's lives. We talked of our children. We talked of what's going on in the community. And then I asked him a question that, well, it, it really changed the tone of our visit I asked him if he had a God-given assurance of eternal life. I asked him if he had a positive belief of where he would go and what would happen to him or his family or his children, his wife, when they die. And he said, no, not really. I shared First John 5.13, which is one of my favorite passages. And in essence, it says, now, now this is John when he's got a lot of miles on his odometer. He's got a lot of miles. He's an experienced apostle. And he says, I write these things that you may know. If you have the son, you have life. I assured him that right now, in this moment, in this instant, in this hour, I have eternal life with God. If oh, it's my last breath, my next breath will be with God. These are things that I know that I can rest in, and I asked, Do you have anything like this in your life? He said he didn't. I, I told him, you know, I would return to Mormonism for an equal or better assurance from Mormon scripture, provided that, that assurance <laughs> provided that, that assurance can't be contradicted by other equally binding Mormon doctrine or scripture. I shared with him how I had made that same challenge to his bishop and stake president years ago, and that they had promised to return in a week with a better assurance, and I'm still waiting. I told him that he could baptize me back into the church if he could provide that better assurance, and oh, I wish he could, because honestly... A return to Mormonism would fix so many of my problems right now. I'm estranged from friends and family and community. And if Mormonism were true, oh, what a blessing it would be to heal all those broken relationships with a simple return to the church. But the fact of the matter is there's dozens, dozens upon dozens of scriptures that contradict the promise of John. If you believe the Mormon gospel, you have to reject John's promise. And if you reject John's promise, if I reject John's promise, I have no assurance of eternal life with God. You hear a knock and open to find two young men with white shirts and black name tags. Are you prepared to share the biblical Jesus or will you simply send them away? Askyourbishop.com is here to help. He confessed to me that the reason that he doesn't have this assurance is probably because, well, he doesn't read the scriptures. He told me that he doesn't read the Bible, but in addition to that, he says, I don't even read the Mormon scriptures. I don't read the Book of Mormon. I don't read the Doctrine and Covenants or the Pearl of Great Price. So he is a man, and it breaks my heart. He is a man with no assurance And seemingly no motivation to go and find what assurance God would give him. I suggested that he and I sit together, open up those books that he holds to be scripture. So our discussion wouldn't be limited to just the Bible. But we could also open the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants, and the Pearl of Great Price. And with these books open before us, search for God and look for answers I, I said, why can't we do this? Can we do this? And he said, no. No, I'm not interested in doing that. He told me, <laughs> he told me the strangest thing. He said, uh, I, I don't know enough to leave Mormonism, and so I'm going to stay. And I replied, based on what you have just told me, you don't know enough to stay. He admitted that that's true. He admitted that he doesn't really have any reason to stay or go. He doesn't know enough of the Bible, the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants, the Pearl of Great Price. He has no understanding of the biblical God and no understanding of the Mormon God, but he's just as going to stay, I guess, in his comfortable life. I wonder if he knows that he is violating the word of men who he holds to be prophets, seers, and revelators, men who speak for God, men who open their mouth and Scripture falls out. I wonder if he knows that he is throwing them under the bus. Let me just share a couple. Brigham Young said, take up the Bible, compare the religion of the Latter-day Saints with it, and see if it will stand. That's Journal of Discourses, Volume 16, page 46. And J. Reuben Clark, a Mormon apostle, said this, If we have the truth, it cannot be harmed by investigation. If we have not the truth, it ought to be harmed. You see, these men have given my friend a mandate. A mandate. Go, pick up the Bible, study it, compare it with Mormonism, and see if Mormonism will stand. They have given him a mandate to actually harm the Mormon church should he discover that the gospel of Mormonism is false. But not only do this man's most exalted leaders demand this of him, he is actually commanded in Scripture. Consider this commandment from the Mormon God. Wherefore, confound your enemies... Call upon them to meet you both in public and private. And inasmuch as ye are faithful, their shame shall be made manifest. Therefore, let them bring forth their strong reasons against the Lord. This is Doctrine and Covenants, section 71, verses 7 and 8. You see, he is commanded in scripture to meet me publicly or privately. He has promised in Scripture that if he does so, he will confound me and he will put me to shame. And yet he and every Mormon I have met to date in the six years now that I have been a Christian, saved from the chains of Mormonism, every Mormon I have met to date has refused. They have refused they shrink back from this challenge to simply sit with me, open up those books that they hold to be scripture, and see what God says of himself. It's heartbreaking. I can't begin to comprehend the strong delusion that this man embraces. It's described in second 2 thessalonians two eleven nor can I comprehend the the reprobate mind that holds him in chains, Romans one twenty-eight, But I do have some idea of the cost. You see, he and I raised our children together. They were friends. His children were often in my home, and in many ways I think of them, and I love them as I do my own children. My heart breaks for them because their short-sighted father loves his empty, unassured, comfortable life more than he loves the truth, and more than he loves them. And so the curse continues from generation to generation, sweeping millions off into the lake of fire from which they can never return. That's not just biblical scripture. That is is Third Nephi 27. You see, The Mormon people, generation upon generation of my own family, have been lost and are suffering the eternal punishment of God. The wrath of God is pouring out on my family because they will not do (laughs) even the things that young Clark and their own Mormon scripture demand. It is heartbreaking. I returned home with a broken heart for this man and he his family, because I truly love them. I care about them. I want to see them saved. It occurred to me that I could have and perhaps should have stopped by his home on the way to the dump and offered to transport his testimony of the Mormon gospel to that stinky place. The garbage dump seems an appropriate disposal site for such a useless thing. Certainly, if I had taken it, he would have never missed it. Now, as is our tradition, we have a few questions for Mormon bishops. If you are a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we encourage you to take these questions to your bishops and see if they can provide an answer. If they can, if their answer makes sense, if their answer can be tested against Scripture and it lines up, that's awesome, stay right where you are. But if they can't, can we talk more? Question 1. When a man has a family, how is he not an unworthy and reprobate husband and father if he does not turn over every stone in search of the truth, as described by Young, Clark, and Mormon Scripture? Question 2. Are you willing, Bishop, To sit with me, open your books of Scripture and appeal to them in search for the one true God as you are commanded to do by Young, Clark, and Mormon Scripture. Question three. In light of the above quotes from Brigham Young and J. Reuben Clark, coupled with Doctrine and Covenants 71, 7, and 8, What can justify a man when he refuses to open his books of scripture and examine God's word with someone such as I? Thank you for listening. Ask Your Bishop podcast is hosted at Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and other major podcast outlets.